I'll try not to, but I can't make any promises. Because <laughs> I feel like we always end up bumping the table. I feel like. I don't care about your feelings. I only care about the facts. Yeah, it, well, I mean, that's that's why I repeated that is because like, that's such a common phrase. And most people, when they say, I feel like, actually mean, I think. And when I yeah. say most people, I mean myself included. And I was just making fun of Ben Shapiro. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I haven't seen that. He just says that a lot. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. I guess I haven't watched enough of his stuff. Yeah, that's the general <laughs> air of his videos. It's or no, he said, "What does he say? The truth doesn't care about your feelings; it only cares about the facts." Or okay, something like that. That sounds more recognizable. Yeah, I think I've heard that before. Rock yeah. on. I appreciate Ben Shapiro, but I'm not exactly a huge fan of his. Yeah. Da da da. He's also kind of a jerk. That's why. <laughs> That's the only thing. That's why. <laughs> yeah, there's a sense. And I mean, to a certain extent, like, I think the forcefulness is needed. Um, So I'm glad that he does that, but that's yeah. not how I would approach. Well, yeah, I mean, yes. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Like, I think because the left is so forceful, he kind of needs to be that way. Yeah. But he does go too far sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's kind of in the same camp as Matt Walsh. Yeah. Where, like, they will be very aggressive and sometimes mean. Yeah. And it goes too far. But um, at the same time, they make very, very strong points. Mm -hmm. and they just put it in a way that is often intentionally offensive <laughs> yeah and uh yeah. yeah luckily i say luckily no thankfully they're not as forceful as like a rush limbaugh or i can't think of the other guy's name uh the other huge conservative talk show host guy can't think of his name regardless they're yeah they're just like big fat jerks <laughs> they're like if you disagree with me you're an idiot yeah. I don't think Shapiro or Walsh go that far. Um, and I think they actually have some better things to say. They're not just talking heads. Anyways, <laughs> so politics at eight in the morning. Fun. Not really. Yeah, why did we start with politics? That's weird. Oh, just because I made a comment. Oh, then... oh, yes, yes. Feelings and beliefs. Yes. So forgive me if I'm sure it'll happen a lot, but I'll probably say that I feel a certain way when I actually mean that I think a certain way. I'm just too much of a dang millennial. We'll edit it out in post. <laughs> yeah, just something like that. All right, so it is Thursday when we're recording this. It is Thursday. Weird. We usually record on Tuesday mornings. That's but what we this try week and do. has been kind of off. Yeah. Kids waking up too early. Well, and and oh yeah yeah, yeah. they they woke up too cuz that was Tuesday morning and then Tuesday evening Ollie started throwing up. Yeah. So more sickness. But then it went away pretty quickly. Like Yeah. He he stayed up late because he was throwing up. He didn't have any trouble sleeping, and he was fine Wednesday, so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he just ate something while we were outside, and yeah. that's what made him sick. Eating stuff while you're outside <laughs> can do that. Because I caught him trying to eat those like little balls that are on the other side of those little brown leaves. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what they're called. I don't know what they're called either. Is that some sort of wilt? I have no idea what that is, but anyways, caught him trying to eat them. And he had one in his mouth, and I told him to spit it out, and he spit it out. But my theory is that he ate a couple before I got to him, and that's what made him sick. Yeah. Because he just, like, he didn't throw up a lot. Like, he just threw up what he had eaten for dinner, which mm -hmm. he ate after we were outside. So just whatever it was 
when it got to his stomach, his stomach was like, nope, this is not supposed to be in here. <laughs> and well, then everything that was in his stomach came back up. Yeah. You also said he was drinking a lot of bath water, right? No, I oh. I thought that maybe he was complaining about his stomach and coughing because he drank a lot of bath water. But I okay. don't know if he actually drank a lot of bath water. Gotcha. Because I had both the kids up there with me and... Uh, Josie was crying, so I was trying to console her, and I wasn't. I was still in the bathroom with him, but I wasn't paying too much attention to him at the time. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. So, yeah, that's been our week so far. Um, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I find that time seems to go by quicker <laughs> as you get older and, and have especially more responsibilities. When you have kids. And, yeah, you're entrusted with two young children's lives yeah but the weather this week has been so nice yeah it's pretty awesome been enjoying being outside fall in texas this is kind of crazy it's like actually dipping below below 90 yeah well yeah well yeah in the mornings it's like 60s which which is is amazing that yeah if you don't live in austin texas then you don't understand how rare that is (laughs) Yeah, and then in the afternoons, like the high for today, I think is 87. This is Thursday Yeah, when we're recording this, 87. And that's warmer than it has been the past two days. Yeah, it's the been past like two 70s, days it's been, yeah, in the high 70s. Which is which is just amazing for, I know, again, it depends where you live. That probably sounds warm to mm-hmm. some people, well, not because to us. It feels amazing. Sunday, it was... 90 something yeah easy and then mm-hmm. um and then yeah you wake up or no mon- monday monday it was 90 something and then you wake up on tuesday m- morning and it's like 60 degrees yeah it's like what you open the door and you're like it's actually colder outside than it is inside yeah. this is so weird turn off the air conditioner yeah. open up all the windows fun times so yeah it's been a good week it Lots has of craziness been. going on <laughs> i i say that but i feel like that's every week is that something crazy is going on i mean i, I have know. two crazies going on all day long so <laughs> yeah exactly i mean i also feel that at work and just stuff going on in life in general but yeah so Thursday morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hopefully this can be put out by tomorrow. We'll see. But yeah. So. Talk to me. (laughs) I was going to see who was going to say it first. Playing chicken. (laughs) Talk to me chicken. Well, I didn't really want there to be too much dead air. Yeah. That's probably a good idea. Um, Mm, Chicken. Chicken is good. Chick-fil-A chicken. That's really what I good. was thinking. <laughs> I was like, chicken for breakfast? Why would you? Oh, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, Tangent. Okay, let's Chick-fil-A bring it back. Chick-fil-A is awesome. Yeah, it is. The best. Around. Um, I'm gonna ever get you down. You're the best. Around. Nice. Was... <laughs> That's beautiful, babe. Oh, thank you. I was singing off mic. Who <laughs> Do you want to... Ah, my tea. Don't oh, knock the table. I'm sorry. Do you want to get into our topic of sure. the day? Sure. Topic of the day. What is our topic of the day? Um. Well, our topic of the day is... <gasps> Altar calls. Altar calls. How yeah. did how did you get there? Why do you want to talk about altar calls? Um. Well, actually, it's because we were on our way to um, when we were driving into Stonewall, going to the winery the other day. Yay! We went to a winery, <laughs> and we were listening to the religious affections. Um. On our way and. Oh man, what did he say that like made me stop and think about altar calls? It was something about um 
He said something about only only God can bring about that that change in someone. Regeneration, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but like only through the Holy Spirit can we have the religious affections. Mm-hmm. And I'm butchering it. These, sorry. I mean, that was the gist of what he was saying, but <clears throat> the specifics of what he said just reminded me of uh, how as evangelicals we try to like force that mm-hmm. a lot of the time in, um, in just evangelizing. To force regeneration? Right. Like we we put it on ourselves. Okay. Thinking that we are that that we have to save people when that's okay. not even in our power whatsoever. Yeah. Um he can definitely use us to bring about yes. the salvation of someone, but yeah. um <laughs> it's not our responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um to save people like we should we should be evangelizing and bringing the gospel to people but we can't physically regenerate someone right well because it's not even physical right well their heart i know what you're saying i'm sorry (laughs) i'm just being a jerk uh yeah and that that's interesting too because like sorry tangent last night um we had small group and it was awesome only one other person showed up (laughs) shout outs to Alyssa. you're awesome um, but I think it still was really good. We, we've been going through some curriculum by uh, Mike Horton. Uh, anyways, one of the things that he mentioned Core was- Christianity. Check it out. Good stuff. Good stuff. Free um, resources online for small groups. It's awesome. Um, so he talked about how like even being a blessing to our neighbors and to other people- and uh, the one thing we all talked about that we thought was just such a cool concept is how um, how like even non-believers can be blessings to us. Like the way that God shows his provision for us, it, he even uses non-believers to bring that about. Mm-hmm. Um, so like his will is being carried out even by non-believers and, and we can glorify God because of those blessings. Like uh, the thing that he brought up was, um, you know, how we get food. Obviously, God provides for us mm-hmm. so that we can eat, but God provides us farmers. God provides us storekeepers. God provides us the distribution channels that the food can get to our table. Like all these delivery th- people. Yeah. Big thing right now. <laughs> Big thing? Well, yeah, just like every company seems to be like oh, oh, delivering yeah. stuff now. Favor and all that fun. Amazon. Amazon drone package food shippings <laughs> nasa's satellite shipping service doesn't even make sense sorry um so oh yeah yeah so just being a blessing and how um the, the concept that i think stood up to a bunch of us that we kind of talked about was how when we are a blessing to others it is um like it's not an end in itself it's not so that we can get the glory, but it's so that God can work through us to bless others. Mm -hmm. So like God can show his provision and his blessing towards unbelievers. Right. And we get to um, like be that for people. Mm -hmm. Not that we, it's cool because like, like you said, it's not our responsibility. Like it doesn't place the, the, I'm going to say burden on us to fulfill everyone's needs. Like, People shouldn't be dependent on us. They should right. be dependent on God, but God works through us to mm-hmm. provide those things. Um, and, yeah. and it talked about, you know, being different members. And so we all have different gifts and yeah. we can bless people in different ways, which is so cool. Well, and he said that like, if you're a Christian, you will be salt and light. Like God will use you to bless others, whether, whether you think you are or not. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought was, that was like a big relief. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Super cool. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that to bring bring it back to the conversation of evangelism, I think that, that pertains to that as well. So like we're not responsible to save someone. We are as disciples of Christ. We are responsible, yeah, to bring the gospel to people. Yes. Yes, exactly. 
Um, and that is how we glorify God is by like God revealing himself to other people. That is God's job, but he uses his disciples yes. to bring that message, you know, to preach, mm-hmm. to share with other people. Um, so just looking at it that way, um, it's like these two things are in play where it's not it's not on us to save people, but it is on us to share the gospel. Like mm-hmm. we ought to be doing that, but n- not even necessarily um, purely out of a love for other people, but because we want to glorify God, like right. because that's what he's called us to. Now, having a love for other people is a godly thing. Yeah. Like that is something that, you know, I need to pray for more that I would have God's heart in that and that I would see people that need the gospel um, more the way that God sees them. So that's part of it. But um, gosh, I can't remember where I had heard it, but basically um, maybe it was in the parenting book that I've been reading, but it talked about uh, how like if the reason that you're, that you are evangelizing is purely because of your love for people that that love is going to grow cold because people are going to burn you basically like it shouldn't be our foremost priority is to glorify God and to do what God says and to, you know, in a certain sense, become more like God, you know, reflect his character and God's character is to love people. And so out of that love for God, that's why we share with others. Part of that is that we love our enemies, you know, God calls us to do that. But if our number one priority is to love people instead of loving God, then our affections are out of order. Then and and yeah. it's and that disorder is going to cause um, it's going to cause problems. Anyways, I feel like I've veered off course here, <laughs> um, but just at that point, I think is very. Uh, is a, is one is a concept like we have to understand if um just if no just in the christian life in general is that god is first and foremost in everything and i know that's cliche to say but when you start looking into the details of like every aspect of life evangelism god is first and foremost and then out of that love for god um we evangelize yep so so that to say, you had said it's not our responsibility to save people, mm-hmm. which I agree. Just understand that what we're saying is not letting you off the hook for not evangelizing because it's very important. Yeah. We should look different to the world and we should preach the gospel. Yes. Um, we should, you know, yeah, share the love of God mm-hmm. and the truth of the gospel yeah, with other Because people. of our love of God. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So anyways, so that, okay. So the journey to this place where we're talking about our altar calls, mm-hmm. we were listening to the religious affections. It mentioned something about God doing a saving work in people. Um, and so then from there, how did we get to altar calls? Um, well, it was something specific that he said, but I don't remember what it was now. Unfortunately, sorry. Um, but it reminded me of, altar calls and how um basically because what he said was the opposite of altar calls <laughs> um and uh so yeah it just reminded me how <clears throat> excuse me a lot of churches including the one we grew up in uh does what are called altar calls, you know, come up to the quote unquote altar and pray this specific prayer, the sinner's prayer usually. Um, And then you're saved. Welcome to the church family, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, So if I can interject just to, just to kind of uh, reiterate that point. So, um, I mean, we'll probably even use both terms of what we're talking about. Altar calls and specifically the sinner's prayer. And what these are is just 
going to someone who is not saved, an unbeliever, Mm -hmm. and saying that if you say this prayer, if you come up to this altar, you know, if you kneel in front Mm -hmm. of whatever it is at your church, um, whatever you call an altar, even if it's on your pew or whatever, but like an altar call is just a specific time in a service where the whoever's speaking tells everyone to pray a specific prayer. And if that prayer is said, then you are now a believer. Mm-hmm. And that's what's commonly referred to as the sinner's prayer. Yeah. It's the sinner coming before God. Yeah. Which, um, which is very dangerous because not that God can't use that. He can definitely use that. He's God. He can regenerate someone at that time if he so chooses. Um, but it's very dangerous because it, it paints that prayer in that specific time as what saved you. Mm-hmm. And that's a lie. That's not true. Looks like you're looking for something. Yeah, sorry. I'm I'm looking for a specific verse oh, okay. here. Um So Romans ten nine says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I think th- that is kind of where this idea comes from. If you just get them to if you just get someone to confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, then they will be saved. So the sinner's prayer usually goes something like, God, I am a sinner. I acknowledge my sin, and I know that I can't do anything to pay for that sin. And I believe that you sent Jesus to die for me and to pay for that sin, and um, that he is raised from the dead and he's conquered death. And um, usually it's something like, I accept you into my heart. You yeah. know, that, that type of wording. Um, but it's a confession of your sin and it is an acknowledgement of what Jesus has done for you and confessing that Jesus is Lord, mm-hmm. which are all good things. Right. Like we're not saying that the sinner's prayer, the parts of the sinner's prayer are bad. But like you said, and I use this word a lot, it's dangerous mm-hmm. um, because of the outworkings of what that prayer can do particularly in the modern American church Mm -hmm. context. Well, yeah, because then later on down the line, if the person has been in a lot of sin or something and, you know, the people around them are like, but, you know, you're a Christian, you, you said this prayer, you did this on this day, and they may not actually be saved. Like Mm -hmm. instead of relying on that point in time, like preach the gospel to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And also like if that person comes to you uh, questioning their salvation and you just say, well, did you say this prayer? Did you accept Jesus into your heart? Like, yeah, I think so. Okay, well then you're saved. You know, instead of instead of preaching the gospel to them at, at that point, mm-hmm. um, and pointing them back to the day that they came up to the altar and said the sinner's prayer, it's yeah, like you said, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. So why I, I want to delve a little bit deeper. So it, that scripture that I read from Romans says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So then why why can't you um, just say that? Oh yeah, they are saved. No, it says if you confess prayer. with your mouth and believe in your heart. Right. Right. So it does take a belief as well. Mm-hmm. You're right. So if if someone sincerely believes and says that prayer, then... Yeah, if they're sincerely believing, then God has placed that sincere belief inside of them, mm-hmm. regenerating them. Yeah. If it's a true belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if that did actually happen, then why can't you just refer back to that when someone is having doubts or... Because they're struggling, you need to give them 
truth. Mm-hmm. You need to give them scripture. You mm-hmm. need to give them the gospel. I mean, just like believers need the gospel every single day, like you need to point them back to the gospel, not point them back to a time when they said a, a certain prayer. Mm-hmm. So you need to know that that belief is true, I would say. Um, it, it reminds me, and actually the the religious affections went into this, it reminds me of the parable of the seed of um, the the farmer sowing the seed and it falls on different types of ground. So it falls on rocky ground and stone. Well, stony ground's the same thing. Um, the, and, and the seed seems to spring up in multiple places, but it dies out. Um, and I think, so, so the danger that I see is that it is easy for us as people to fool ourselves into thinking that we are sincere. Yeah. Does that make sense? And I think that plays out in a lot of areas of our life, like, um, but especially with repentance, it's easy for us to think, um, well, I mean, okay. So even in my case, like I tend to, and I think Adam did this as well. Like when you're caught in sin to shift the blame onto something else Mm -hmm. and think that that's repentance, like, oh, well maybe I shouldn't have done that, but I did that because of X, Y, Z, because of what they had done. And to think that something like that is repentance. So I think it's easy for us to fool ourselves into thinking that we are sincere. And that looks like what the parable of the seed and the sower is, where it, it looks to us as humans like someone is um, producing fruit or someone is a Christian and living a certain way. Uh, when God doesn't judge the outward appearance, God judges the heart. Mm -hmm. And we as humans can't see the heart. So it's difficult for us to say, I mean, I say difficult. I I don't think anyone can know for certain someone's salvation outside of your own because it is a relationship with you and God. Um, That said, I think you can judge based on actions, but I also think it takes time to see if those actions actually come to fruition um, because we can fool ourselves into believing things about ourselves pretty easily and counterfeits often look close to the real thing, um, that the danger in saying that because you've said this prayer, even if your life doesn't change at all, you're still saved. I, mm-hmm. I think that's giving people a false hope. Yeah. And so, so... The danger of altar calls, even though they are saying good things, if if an altar call is saying, repent of your sins, believe that Jesus saved you, believe that he died for you, and you know live in repentance before God, um, those are good things. Even though those good things are being said, I think it takes more... It, it's hard for us as humans to see what God is doing in someone's heart. So it's hard to see whether or not that regeneration, that salvation has actually taken place. And I think it takes time. But it will bring about change. Exactly. And I think it takes time to see that change as humans. Obviously in God's economy, what he can see, it happens instantly. Mm -hmm. Um, But whether or not it's real or whether or not it, it bears bad fruit, Um, remains to be seen from a human perspective. So again, the danger is that we see what looks to be good fruit when it's not and still assuring someone that they're saved despite their lack of fruit or their production of bad fruit. Um, Basically, salvation... Like you said, we need to be preaching the gospel even to believers. Mm-hmm. You know, we need, I need the gospel yes. every day. Yes. Paul said, I die daily. Yeah. Um, because we have this body of flesh, we need the gospel. And if we just refer back to something that we had prayed, something that we had said, um, 
it, it, that isn't what saves us. What saves us is God's work. And if we believe that, then uh, we will be saved. But we need to continue on believing that. It is a state of belief. It's yeah. not a, I once believed. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, it, it may not be very common in today's church, but altar calls do make me a little nervous. Um, and, and this is what we were talking about earlier. Thankfully, we don't do that in our church. Yeah, not very often. Well, no. Well, no, no it, we don't do it like that. Like, we'll we'll say, if you want prayer, you can come to the front and someone will pray with you. But exactly. that's not the same as an altar call. Exactly. And that's, yeah, ex- that's where I wanted to go is that I think there's a way to bring the God, because I, I mean, I think any sermon should have the gospel in it, you know? Um, they should all be pointing to Jesus as New Testament Christians. Everything we do should be pointing to Jesus. Um, but that's a whole other topic. (laughs) Um, well, not a whole, anyways. Uh, So I, I think the invitation or the proclamation of the gospel affects people's hearts. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Where where the word of God goes forth, it 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 doesn't return empty. It does something. Either it hardens us, if we're in our unbelief, or it softens our heart um, towards God, a mm-hmm. work that only God can do. So when the gospel is proclaimed, when a sermon is preached, um, there ought to be a response in the heart of a Christian or in the heart of anyone. Mm-hmm. Um. And again, there's nothing wrong with leading someone through a prayer of repentance. But uh, the, again, the altar call just makes me nervous because so often we see like, I don't know, I'll, I'll give I'll give an example of say like a traveling evangelist comes and preaches and, and even preaches the gospel and then tells everyone to say a prayer and then says, okay, X amount of hundreds of people were saved today and then moves on to the next town. That makes me nervous because that, I mean, if we go back to the parable of the, the seed that kind of like sows the seed that throws the seed out there, but you need to water. That yeah. Seed. There's no discipleship. In exactly. That. When, when Jesus called us to, to go out into the world in Matthew 28, I believe. He said, go out into the world and make disciples, not go out in the world and have people say a prayer, but like that actual discipleship is part of it, which is not just the beginning of something, but discipleship is walking with someone Mm -hmm. and and, and following after someone. It's a continual thing. It's not just a one-time occurrence. Right, yeah. So I think I think in the context of like a church service, it, there's nothing wrong with proclaiming the gospel and saying that we ought to act on the gospel. But uh, and, and so I really appreciate that we do have people to pray with and to walk people through the act of repentance mm-hmm. with. But there needs to be a follow up with yeah. that. There needs to be a relationship whether it's with the person that you're praying with or whether it's with your church in general, with with your spiritual authorities, mm-hmm. um, there needs to be that relationship, that accountability, just yeah. that community within the church, not mm-hmm. just like, hey, say this prayer once and then be on your way. That's where the, that's where the danger is. Yeah, Paul Washer told a story um, about, I can't remember where he was, but he was guest preaching and... He said this huge guy just comes like walking in, sits down right in front of him. And so he basically like stops what he was saying and just starts preaching the gospel for like the next 40 minutes. Excuse me. And then he goes up to the guy afterwards and says, you know, like, what's wrong? Something's wrong. What's going on? And he said, "Um, you know, I've never never believed in God, never been interested in church. Um, but I just found out that I'm, I basically only have three weeks to live. Um, and I'm scared. 
And so, you know, like Paul Washer is supposed to leave like the next day to go back home somewhere else. But he stays for the next three weeks mm-hmm. and disciples this man yeah. and gives him the gospel daily, like for hours. And, you know, the guys like, I mean, days go by and he's just like not getting it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, oh God, I'm going to start to cry. <laughs> I, I cried when he, when he told this story. Um, but he said, you know, okay, like, Let's open up the, um, let's open up the book of John again and let's go through this again. And, um, he, he said that they read John three sixteen for probably like the millionth time. And the guy just like freaks out and like starts bawling and just is like shaking. He's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And, you know, you know, he died for me, you know, like he finally got it. Mm-hmm. And Paul Washer's like, we've read this a million times. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it was just, that's just such a picture of how it's God's work. Yeah. It's not something we do. It's God's work. Yeah. Um, and, oh man, it was just, that's such a good story. It's so beautiful. Um, I think he told that story in the sermon that I told you to listen to. Okay. Did you get that far? Um, yes. I, I don't remember the end of it. But I remember him saying that, yeah, he stayed with that with the man, uh, even when he was supposed to go back home. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really awesome. Yeah. And th- that that sermon was um called it's by Paul Washer, Regeneration versus the Idolatry of Decisional Evan- Evangelism. Um from uh, the Deeper Conference in 2008. So check that out. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'll put a link in the description so you can check it out. Um, I would also say that I, I really hope this doesn't come off negatively. Um, like, I think we should rejoice when people confess Jesus, you know? Yeah, when definitely. people... Um, understand the gospel and 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 like sorry I, I keep going back and forth in my in these terms but like when people repent when people um say that they believe in jesus like we ought to rejoice i'm not saying like oh be skeptical of everyone who who prays that prayer no no don't like <laughs> No, we we want to rejoice. We want to encourage people, um, but that's that's the that's the whole point. Is we want to encourage people in what they have said yeah, and disciple them, grow them exactly, yeah. and continue to encourage mm-hmm. and make sure that it's not just a one time, um, a one time prayer, yeah. but that it's a life changed. Yes, because it does take your whole life. It does cost you your life. Yeah. Um, but that's a decision that we can't make without God changing our hearts to actually want that. So, again, I just hope that doesn't come off negatively. Like, I want to encourage you that... Right, we're not saying that if if you claim going to an altar and praying the sinner's prayer is the time you got saved that you're not saved. That's not what we're saying. No, not at all. <laughs> like praise God that he can use the, yeah. The times like that, the preaching of the word and, and you know, how, however it happened, praise God that he uses that mm-hmm. to bring people to himself. Yes. Um, yeah. Cause God uses, what is it? What's that? Um, that phrase, God uses broken sticks to draw straight lines, something like that. <laughs> I he, don't know. <laughs> even like he uses broken people. He uses, he uses methods that are uh, not perfect to bring about his perfect will, which is awesome. Yep. The way God does things is just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not our ways. No, not at all. So yeah. Yeah, anything else 
to talk about altar calls, sinner's prayer, all that fun stuff. Anything else on the docket that you'd like to talk about? No, I mean, I just, I just hope we've been somewhat clear and not too vague about yeah. things like, like th- this is important because it's the nature of our salvation, right. and we don't want to give people false hope. While at the same time, we do, we don't, yeah, we don't want to be skeptical of people, right? And salvation and the work that God is doing, right? We just want to make sure it's it's real fruit that like people are actually being saved and so that so that we don't give up immediately after someone claims the name of Jesus. Like we want that to bring fruit in their life. We want to see that sanctification, that work of God. Um Yeah. All right. Well, is there anything else you wanted to say? Um, I mean, I've been going through um, the Forgotten Trinity. Mm-hmm. I've been reading that. Yeah. It's been amazing. Mm-hmm. Dr. James White, I know you're not listening, but <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for this book. It's, it's awesome. I'm falling more and more in love with the Trinity as I read it. And, <clears throat> and it's just... It's great. Um, yeah, I think the more and more I read it, the more I realize that like believers as a whole tend to not really understand who God is. And not that we can fully understand who he fully is. Mm-hmm. Um but that, you know, there are lots of churches, lots of believers, and lots of people in America who claim that they're Christians, but, like, what does what does that actually mean? Like, where does, what God do you actually worship? Mm-hmm. Is it the God of the Bible? Mm-hmm. The Trinity? What comes to mind is a verse, uh, I don't remember where it is, sorry, um, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, we ought to, as Christians, be learning more about God. We should never be satisfied with what we know about God and who we know about God. I mean, think of any other relationship that you have. I mean, close relationships like hey relationship with your spouse (laughs) um like you should never be satisfied with what you know about your spouse you should always be like continuing to learn more right and to you know this podcast is about picking each other's brains yeah that's what this is about and you should (laughs) you should be doing that with god obviously he doesn't need to pick your brain but we should we should be growing in the grace and knowledge of who God is. Don't be content with what you know. Like continue to seek out what he has said, what he's revealed about himself, because there's always more for you to learn. Um, and the, the reason I bring that up is just talking about the Trinity. I, I agree. It's, it's, it's a difficult concept. We've gone over this because there's no analogy to it. Um, but we should be seeking to learn more about who God is and who he's revealed himself to be. Because he doesn't lie. (laughs) His perfect character shows that his revelation is always true. So we should be seeking out what that revelation is, how he's revealed himself, so we can learn more of him. And I think that verse talks about it's the grace and the knowledge. It's not just for head knowledge, but it's so that we can be more gracious, so we can be more like him. So that we can understand him more in Second Peter three eighteen. There you go. Second I was Peter like, 318. you you said the verse, and I was like, that's a riser song. <laughs> go in the grace and knowledge. So I had to go through like the whole song to like get to where they say the verse, and I was there you like, Second Peter three eighteen. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. It it even helps me memorize scripture. Heyo, that's what it's about. Yeah, memorizers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right. Well, um, outside of the Forgotten Trinity by Dr. James White, do you have any other recos? Um, go listen to that Paul Washer sermon. Yeah, it's a really great sermon. Yeah. Um, and if I can interject, yeah, like anything that we recommend. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that we agree 100% with everything that someone says. I think that's a great sermon. I think that Paul Washer just sometimes can be a little harsh or not say things that I would want him to say. Um, but I think that's a great sermon. I like Paul Washer. I'm not putting him down at all. I would just say, don't assume that because he says something extre- very strongly that we agree 100% with him. I like Maybe his passion. Maybe like 98%. <laughs> I like but, his passion. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, sorry. I, I just want to throw out a fair warning. Yeah. I like how harsh she is, he is for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily like be that way towards other people. But yeah. Yeah. For myself, yeah. I like it. Yeah. And realize the context in which he's talking is like, I don't know. That is a sermon. So, yeah, it, it was. It's from a conference. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, then it's more of a lecture, right? I don't know. Regardless, just just realize the content. He's not. You know, he's he assumes certain things about his audience that you understand certain things. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's all. That's all. But it's good stuff. Go yeah. listen to it. In that conference, I'm pretty sure he was preaching to a bunch of pastors. So yeah, there you go. So then, yeah, you can go into these deep truths and not have to give disclaimers and stuff like that. Um, So, yes, great stuff. Go listen to it. Um, I would recommend, just because I I feel like it was great last night, I would recommend if you're not already in one, um, get into some sort of small group, some sort of community within your church because it's so important. My tendency is to be a little hermit (laughs) <laughs> and entertain myself at home on the couch. <laughs> um, and it's really important to get together with other people. And like, you know, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. Right. Um, otherwise, there's just so many negative effects of of holding yourself up by yourself. Because uh, actually, um, just this week, my boss was talking about it in terms of playing music. And not playing in a band, but only playing by yourself. The problem with that is that you're always right. When you're with people, you can under, you can actually see where you're wrong. Yeah. But if you're by yourself, then you're always going to be right. And that's not, you know, you, you, you don't have that sharpening. Um, you're always a blunt object <laughs> smacking yeah. people around. Ooh, um, that's a good, that's a good like way of thinking about how you study scripture too. Yeah. Don't, don't just rely on your own understanding. Right. Like look, look, look back at the history of what people have believed for hundreds and hundreds of years. Like, yeah. yeah. Don't just trust and lean on your own understanding. Right. Right. Certainly the Holy Spirit can teach us the word, but we, right. there are also, you know, we need to have those trusted counselors. We need to have other people's perspectives yeah, um, because we don't always understand all of the implications of the mm-hmm. word. We need to have spiritual authority in our lives. So um, I just, it's, it's hard. We have two young kids. It's hard for us to get together with other people, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't. Um, all the more we ought to because it's more difficult because we don't have as much time Mm -hmm. to do that. We ought to be getting together with people and um, just encouraging people in the gospel and being encouraged ourselves. Yeah. Um, So I just highly recommend some sort of, you know, whatever your church calls it, cell group or life group or whatever, just get in, be in community with other believers, have spiritual conversations, talk about what you're learning talk about what God is teaching you, be a blessing to others, allow them, allow God to bless you through others, walk through hard times with people. Um, it is all very beneficial, difficult and beneficial. Yeah. Um, so that's my recommendation. Yeah. And the core Christianity 
Oh, yeah. Definitely recommend that. Yeah. Check out the website. There's um, some free resources for small groups to go through stuff. We just went through kind of a 10-part series in Core Christianity, which is really good stuff. Um, It's funny because it's Core Christianity, like it is the basics of the faith. Right. So oftentimes leading up to small group, I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, I mean, this will be an easy conversation. But Horton has a way of like bringing out truths and the implications of these core truths that I'm just like, man, this is so good. I thought I knew this, but (laughs) man, this is uh, convicting. Like there's so much that I don't know. Like I said, when you're by yourself, you're always right. Um, Right. Well, yeah, and we tend to take those truths for granted and hmm. sometimes, yeah, forget the implications in everyday life. So we need to remind ourselves of those too. Yeah. Periodically. Yeah. Good stuff. Anything else? Um, I don't know. I think that's it. It's nine o'clock. It's kind of a short episode. Yeah. Shortish. Maybe. Maybe not. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. No, it's it's good though. It's good though. I liked it. It's, it's kind of what we need to do because we're recording so late. Ah! <laughs> Hopefully I can still have this up by tonight. Um. But all right, so until next week, guys, I don't know what we'll be talking about, but... Uh, Maybe you can put a song we'll at be talking. the end. A song? What song? I don't know. Just a song. Some filler. <laughs> oh, yeah, to make it longer, to make it seem like there's more content. Just kidding. No. Just, yeah. All right, well, uh, till next time. Bye. See ya. Talk to your spouse. Do it. Do it, moms. <laughs> Do it, moms. <laughs>